right, Salt Lake, come on, let's keep that applause going. Let's thank God for who He is. Let's thank Him for everything that He's doing in this church. Come on, let's thank Him for everything He's going to be doing in the seasons to come. Come on, let's get ourselves excited. Let's get ourselves expectant for leaving here different this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hi. How you doing, Salt Lake family? What an honor it is to be here with you all this morning. Seriously, is this even real? I have family in Utah. I didn't even know that this would be part of my life, and I'm so glad it is. Utah is amazing. The people in Utah are even better than that. So thank you to your incredible campus pastors. Did you know you have incredible campus pastors? Come on, let's give them a giant round of applause for being so dang awesome and for hosting me so well. And I definitely uh, wanna also thank our incredible uh, lead pastors, Pastor Jürgen and Leanne. They send their love to you. I hear Pastor Jürgen's here next week, is that true? Maybe, the rumor, I don't wanna spread fake news, that's incredible, but they send their big love. And Salt Lake, God must really, really, really love you because you have the Bennetts with you now. There. These two people are our very favorites. We've sewn them into you joyfully. Well, I'm prophesying that it's going to be joy. The joy will come soon. The joy will come soon. We miss these guys. They're incredible. And there's even more people here to celebrate with us this morning. We have a whole bunch of San Diego women in the house. So if you're a San Diego posse, they stand up so we can point you out. This whole row of awesome right here. They knew what was up. They knew the party was going to be in uh, Salt Lake today. So they came along for it. And hey, talking about uh, all things ladies right now, we had an incredible Cherish Unplugged last night. How many of you were with us? Oh my goodness, I'm just so excited for you ladies, ladies of Salt Lake. Like, come on, last night was significant. What a seed to sow into the future of your women's ministry. It was so beautiful watching women get freedom. It was so beautiful watching so many of you minister to the women around you. And I'm telling you, it's just a, a taste of things to come. You should be very, very pumped with what's about to happen. But I haven't actually introduced myself officially yet. So for those that don't know, I am Australian. That's why I sound funny. Every time someone's like, do you have a cold? Are you sick? No, this is just what an Australian accent sounds like. Um, my husband, Drew, and I are, the, are campus pastors at one of our locations in San Diego. We're at what some might say is at least the most fun campus. We're from the South Campus. We're South Bay all day. That's right. We live in the burrito capital of San Diego, so you know it's good. You know it's good. I think you had my husband, Drew, come here a few months ago. He loved his time with you, so he sends his love as well. I want to show you a little picture of my fam. Because, you know, seeing yourself on the big screen's awesome, right? Not. Wow, I need to moisturize more clearly. But this is my beautiful family. So that's my handsome husband, Drew. This is my little girl. She's five. Her name's Georgia Grace. She, she, she keeps me seeking the Lord regularly. Let's just say that. She's amazing. I'm raising a leader, and it's incredible. And then this little guy is Jack. He's three years old. He's always up to mischief. You can tell with that smile, right? You know he's thinking of, what am I going to get up to next? You see, that's not a loving hold as much as it's trying to stop him doing something he shouldn't be doing. But that's my family and uh, just a little bit um, about us. So we moved to the States eight years ago from Australia to do our internship. And I'm telling you, I had no idea the adventure that would be on the other side of it. I was just obedient 
to, to what God had asked us to do. And something so beautiful about saying yes to God. A yes to God never leads somewhere lame. It always leads somewhere awesome. I would have no idea eight years later I would get to stand in front of you magnificent people and, and tell you about eight years of just God doing incredible things, not just in me, but positioning me to do things through me. So just to encourage you, Salt Lake, I know you're new to the family, but if you can just be encouraged by my story. I came to this church and I sowed myself in to this soil and it's healthy soil that produces good and amazing things in you. And I, I look at myself now eight years later and I can't even recognize what God has done. So you know what? God is no respecter of persons and he just didn't do it with me just because I'm special. I'm telling you we're all special and God's got a significant plan for this church and I'm just so expectant. I can even feel it in the atmosphere. I'm telling you, you guys are being positioned for God to do something truly extraordinary in your city. So I'm excited this morning uh, to get into this. Thank you, incredible worship team. Aren't they awesome? Now, you guys might have heard this. I've told a few people, but when our campus started, we were in a movie theater as well. And, uh, you know, similar to, to how we have it today, like uh, we were sitting at the front, um, but we had a red bar, so I could never quite feel like I was in the worship team. But today, there was no bar stopping me. So I actually felt like I was in the team today. I'm pretty sure I touched hands with a worship leader down here. So I'm just saying, I was feeling it this morning. I don't know if you could feel it too, but I considered myself part of the worship team today. It was awesome. Um, you don't seem very enthused by my contribution. You should be, okay? It was awesome. But hey, we're in a series right now called 24-Hour Witness. Does that make sense in Utah? Do you have 24-Hour Fitness here? Okay, good. See, we're trying to be cool and hip. You see what's happening there? 24-hour witness. So it's a whole series that's trying to ask ourselves the question, like, does our life invite people to be part of this thing called Christianity? Does, are we people that are the invitation or are we just people that, you know, give invitations? I'm telling you, there's a difference. So I was thinking about uh, this series today and I was like, you know, I could come here and give you a whole bunch of ways that's going to be really effective to invite people, but I should want to go a little bit deeper because I reckon there's a reason that we give invitation. Invitation shouldn't be just something we do because we have to. It should be something that we want to do. So um, not to location drop or name drop, but I did go to a Justin Timberlake concert uh, two <laughs> weeks ago. Yes, I was living my best life that night. And I'm telling you, that was when I got the invitation to that, there was no hesitation from my end because I was so pumped because I knew that that would be such a fun night. That same feeling I felt when I got an invitation to go with someone to a Justin Timberlake concert really should be the same feeling I get when I'm inviting someone to church. And I'm telling you, what happens here on a Sunday is way more epic than what Justin Timberlake can do, as awesome as he is. So I really want to talk about something pretty basic, but I'm telling you, the most basic things are generally the most profound. So here's my, here's my basic but profound question for us all today. Before we can even talk about giving invitation, I think we need to establish why do we even come to church in the first place? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question. Like if I was to do a poll around the room and ask you the question, like, why are you here? Of all the places you could be on a Sunday morning, I don't know what there is to do in Salt Lake, but probably like in San Diego, there's some good stuff happening on the TV at home. There's also that bed that calls your name to sleep in a little bit longer. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could be doing on a Sunday morning, but here you are investing time into the house of God. Why? Okay, so I don't know, ask yourself that question. What's your answer? If I gave you a microphone right now, you'd probably try and say something really spiritual. You probably would. But let's be real about some of the reasons why we actually do come to church. Number one, I come to church because it's something I've always done. 
How often is that? I've just done it my whole life. I haven't really thought about why I'm doing it. It's just something that I've always done. Maybe it's because you actually have nothing better to do on a Sunday morning. These aren't bad reasons, by the way. I'm just getting real about sometimes why we come to church. It's because what else am I going to do? You know, I may as well come here. It's better than doing nothing. This one's a little bit real. I'm actually in church today because I don't want my mum to get mad at me for not being here. Or I don't want my wife to get mad at me for not being here. Come on, that's just real. Anyone? Come on, get a witness in here a little bit. Your mum, yeah, there we go. Irina, do you get mad at Andy for not being in church? Yeah. How about this? You're here because you don't want to disappoint your pastor and your leader. You're a people pleaser, so the idea of not being here and having someone disappoint you gets your butt to church when nothing else does. Maybe you're here in church because you think God would be angry at you if you weren't. And you're here because you think, oh, hold on, I'm meant to be fulfilling. I've got to check some religious boxes in my week. So that's why I'm in church, because I don't want to be smited by the Lord Almighty. Maybe it's because you serve here in this incredible church, and you're here because you're like, oh, if I don't show up, there'll be a hole in this role, and something wouldn't get done. So I'm actually here because of what I need to do, and if I don't do it, who would do it? Maybe, let's just get a little bit more real, you're single and ready to mingle in the house this morning, and you've seen a certain guy or girl, and you're like, all right, all right, find your spouse in the house. I've heard that, and I'm just positioning myself to receive, Lord. Okay, what about, maybe you're like me, and you have small children, and the idea of church is glorious, because you know you get 90 minutes of kids' church time where you can give your beautiful angels to go hear about the love of Jesus in a separate room to you. You can have 90 minutes of uninterrupted time. You can even, crazy, go to the bathroom by yourself with nobody watching you and you're like, Jesus, I receive. Sign me up for church. Maybe it's because they give free coffee. Come on, it's an early morning. We lost an hour of sleep. Maybe you're like, you know what? Free coffee and free burritos this morning was enough to get me out of bed. What about this one? Maybe you're someone who's done some things, said some things, looked at some things, been in some places this week that you knew you shouldn't have been. So you're coming to church this morning because it makes you feel a little less guilty. It's almost like you can undo some of the things that you know you shouldn't be doing by making God pleased by showing up at church. It's an ouchy one, but it's a true one. Come on, there's a whole bunch of different reasons we come to church. And not all of these are bad, but I'm telling you there is more to why we come to church, or there is more to why God created this thing called the body of Christ, called the house of God, and it's bigger than all of those reasons that have said on there. Did you know that um, Jesus himself went to church? It's always a good idea to do what Jesus does, I think, but if you look in the Bible, it talks about him even as a boy, being in the synagogue, reading the Bible, hanging out with other believers. You know, the Bible talks about the house of God hundreds of times in the Bible, And I just know our God is very intentional, especially with things he writes in his word, his living word. And he spends so much time talking about this thing called church. So if it's important to him, it's going to be important to us. You know, I think if we read that list over, this is the the truth of it. You could probably achieve most of what's on that list going to other places but church. So what actually makes church different? I find, and I'm talking to myself here, believe me, I'm not, this is, I'm preaching to myself like I usually do most of the time when I preach, but it's very easy for church to become a supplement, where if you take it, it's good, because you know it's good for you, but if you happen to miss it, no big deal, because it's not essential to your diet. 
That's kind of the thing about a supplement. You're like, yeah, great. And, if, and you feel really great if you've done it for a few days in a row. Come on, I did like a, a wheatgrass shot for like six days and I thought I was awesome. But the truth is, then I didn't have it and I was okay. That's what I feel. That's where people hold church a lot of the time. So what makes church so important? What is it about being here today that makes God's heart so happy, that makes your pastor's heart so happy? What if being here today is actually because you're receiving something that you can't get somewhere else? What happens if this place is so unique and so special that being here today lets you receive something that you wouldn't get a fix anywhere else from? Okay, so the title of my message today, and you wait for this, Kelsey has excelled with this slide. It's my aesthetic, let's just say that. My title of my message today is called this, FOMO, don't do church without it. FOMO, don't do church without it. Okay, so we're going to get into this this morning. Can I say, this is not a message to condemn people that are here this morning and don't really want to be, <laughs> or are here because they're like, oh, you talked to my mum, didn't you? You know that I'm here just because I'd be in trouble if I didn't. No, this is just because I think sometimes we just need to talk about the most obvious things. Why does church matter? Why should I be sitting in this seat? And why should I receive anything that God has for me today? So I just want to pray before we get into this. God, I thank you for your house, God. God, I thank you that we are not here this morning, Father, to waste time or to tick off a religious box. Father, we are here today to encounter you. And we know, Father, that when we encounter you, Lord, we can change forever. God, I thank you and I declare that this is a house not of information. It's a house of transformation. God, I prophesy over our C3 Salt Lake family, God, that there is going to be a revival, Father, in this church, Father. And what's beautiful about that word, God, it says revive all, that there is going to be a reviving Father of saints, doing things on purpose, being in church on purpose. God, we just thank you for this word today. Father, I thank you for ears to hear, hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, FOMO. Who had no idea what that means? Come on, honestly. All right, who thinks they're hip and cool enough to know what FOMO means? All right, what does FOMO mean? Fear of missing out. You are the hippest dude in the room. Well played, sir. If I had a gold star. All right, let's turn to our friends on the internet, the World Wide Web, called uh, Urban Dictionary. It's a great resource for many things when preaching. This is what they term FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. It's an acronym. This is what it says. It's a feeling of stress or insecurity over the possibility of missing out on something, such as an event or an opportunity. Okay, so to use it in a sentence, I would say, I have FOMO because Pastor Vince didn't invite me to his weekly knitting class, which I know you host regularly, right? I know you love to knit. You know, cardigans, you knitted this sweater. I'm like, I want to knit. I want to look cool like Pastor Vince and have a cool knitted sweater. So I would have FOMO because I'm not receiving that invitation. Can I tell you, often FOMO can be a negative thing. You're like, oh, I don't want what you've not got. But I'm telling you, I think FOMO can be an awesome thing. And I reckon there needs to be a bit of a resurgence with people coming to church or approaching church with an atmosphere of FOMO, where if you're not here, you're missing out on something. I can say, this is a condition. I'm speaking from someone who has this condition. I'm telling you, like, I'm not in my home church day. I'm with you, so it makes it better. But I am literally sad because I know today is going to be a day of breakthrough for the people in my life. I know God is going to be glorified. The Word of God is going to be preached. So literally, of any place I could be in the world on a Sunday morning, I gladly say I would want to be in the house of God because I know what I'd be missing if I wasn't there. 
So a little bit about my testimony. I just kind of alluded to the fact. So four years ago, Drew and I were handed a campus. Now that's just wild. You know our pastors are awesome when they would trust someone like Drew and I with a campus. So here we are, we're like toddlers with a Ferrari, doing the greatest job on earth, you know, leading the greatest people. Um, and we'd service led like once. I had never said anything not awkward on a microphone. Like it was bad, guys. But God's grace is sufficient, so it was fine. So here we are starting a campus. And it really made me think about this thing, church. Because like, I, I knew that I had to grow the church. It was my job to, to get more people there, to have the people in it grow. So I really went on this journey with God about, okay, God, why is church so important? And if I was really honest, when I kind of assessed that, something quite startling happened. I realized that, like that list I just read, they were many of my reasons for why I was at church. Like beyond that, I didn't actually really get it. I actually felt like I was suffering from a really bad case of spiritual apathy. Like I was just in church because that's what I'd always done. Beyond that, I'm like, God, I don't really know. Like I don't know what makes this different from just chilling with you at home or watching Joel Osteen on TV. Like I don't really know. And it was in a weird season where I had a, like a young child and, you know, being here was, was an effort and it cost me something. So it was like a beautiful journey that I went on. Um, but can I tell you, once I kind of, we're going to talk about some of the journey I went on today. Once I grasped that, I got this condition called FOMO that has never left me. And I'm telling you, in terms of inviting people to church, having a case of FOMO is the best way to build your church. Because I'm telling you, when I got invited to Justin Timberlake, like I told you, it didn't need a whole bunch of explanation. Because the person inviting me was so excited and so prepared for an epic experience. It automatically made me excited like it was going to be an epic experience. I know that seems like a dumb analogy, but like, come on. People get excited for all types of other invitations. But every week, we get an invitation to be here, to be in the house of God. And I think it's time to bring FOMO back. So, again, getting real, only do real. Like, I don't know a lot about Utah. I do know this, though. We are dealing with a state that is, is known for religion. You know, sometimes not a Christian religion. And the thing I know about religion is it masks relationship all the time. So, with religion, you have a lot of people that go through the motions without really knowing why they're doing it. So, even more important, Salt Lake, I want to sow this message into you today. Can I tell you, we're not put on this planet to go through religious you know, things just for the sake of it. You are here to have relationship with Jesus. So that's why we've got to like deal with this thing. So I'm telling you, if you have FOMO, that is like being inoculated against being here for religious reasons. So I'm going to talk about some of the things that I shifted in my head to kind of capture this FOMO things. Um, and, and I'm really hoping and believing this, I'm prophesying that you will get to a place where I do, where when I walk to church on a Sunday, I come with a sense of expectation. I come with a sense of joy. I personally, every time I come to church, literally almost make space for God to do something miraculous that day. And I'm going to talk about this in a minute. I don't get, I don't have to come to church. I get to come to the house of God. I get to be here, God. I get to be in this thing that you have designed for me. And I make another decision, which I would encourage you to. God, if I'm going to invest 90 minutes of my time, I'm going to walk out of here different than I came in. Come on, I'm not going to encounter you and leave the same way I came in. How many people want this condition? Who wants a FOMO in, in regards to church? Well, let me help you with that. So let's do this. So before we can kind of talk about like some very practical things I did to kind of catch the FOMO bug in regard to church, is I actually had to really look at the Word of God and really go on a little bit of a journey. Like, why church, God? Why is the church your rescue mission for humanity? 
why did you create this thing? Is it just a good idea that was put together by a bunch of well-meaning Christians? Or is this actually a God idea? Well, let me answer those questions for you. Reason number one, why did God create the church? I want to read a great scripture this morning. It's found in 1 Timothy 3, verse 14 to 16. In the NLT, yeah, you know me. My husband does that one. He does it in a more rap voice. It's cooler, but I tried, all right? So this is what the Word of God says. It says, uh, this is Paul writing to his church. He says, I am writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of truth. Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Okay, if you don't know what that means, pretty much it's saying this. We know that Jesus isn't here with us in the flesh now. He ascended to heaven. So he left the church behind to reveal who he was to people. That's what the church does. Reason number one of why the church is important is because it reveals to the world that so desperately needs Jesus who Jesus is. Did you know that you were part of that? And remember, church isn't a building. It's not even a movie theater. It's us as the body of Christ. Did you know that's why you're important, why joining together is important? We are revealing to the world. We are the poster board to a world that has no idea of the good news of who Jesus is. Come on, if that doesn't give you some purpose for what we're doing here on a Sunday, I don't know what will. So a question for you. Do you think that you, and I'm talking you as an individual, but you as the church, do you think you are revealing Jesus to the world around you? So I'm telling you, this isn't Becker and Vince's job. It's not Pastor Andy and Irina's job. This is us as the church. Our job here, why God left the church behind, is to reveal to a broken world the hope of who he is. So reason number one of why church is important, to show the world who he is. Reason number two, it's how we make disciples. It's how we make disciples. So there's this great scripture in the Bible. It's found in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. If you don't know this yet, I would encourage you because this scripture is called the Great Commission. Has anyone heard of this scripture before, the Great Commission? Here's something about that word. It's the Great Co-Mission. What that means is it's a community that has a mission. This is, if you're asking what the mission of Christianity is, what your mission is if you call yourself a Christian, here in Matthew, you're going to find what your mission is. It is a co-mission. Verse 16, then the, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, okay, this is the bit I don't want you to miss. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go, say go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Listen, this is our mission statement. And you know how we fulfill the mission? On church, in church. Not just every Sunday, but every time we meet together, every time we do a connect group, every time we do a night like Cherish Unplugged, every time, you know, men go away to emerge. What we're actually doing when we gather together is fulfilling what God asks us to do. It's making disciples of the world around us. We're not here to entertain people. We're not here to tickle people's ears, make them feel good. We are here to do what God asks us to do. We are here to do a great commission to show people how to live and how to find Jesus in their mess. We are there to make disciples. 
Come on, all of these things are activated in the local church context. That's why this is so important, because so much of this Great Commission is activated. Come on, the Great Commission involves everybody. Ask yourself the question. I'm asking you a lot of questions there. I'm asking myself the question. Do you come into a Sunday on a mission? Because if you don't, I think maybe you've missed what this scripture is. Because I'm telling you, it's a scripture for everybody that believes. We are here on a Sunday so the person on our right, the person on our left can be discipled by God. So we can be discipled by God. Every Sunday has a mission attached. Still with me? Third reason church is important. We need each other. We need each other. Come on, this point preaches to me. Believe me, I need people around me. If I was doing this thing called Christianity myself, oh, Lordy Lord, it would be a hot mess. But the Lord knew what I needed. Even three of my beautiful girls that are here today, I was just thinking, coming on this trip, like, I need someone to do my hair, my makeup, get me my tea. Like, I need a whole village to make this work, okay? And you might be the same thing too. I'm telling you, we need each other. Did you know that's not, um, not, not by mistake, that we were actually design. When you were knitted together in your mother's womb, God made you that you would be in need of other people around you. Back it up in the Bible, Ephesians 4 verse 16, NLT. He makes the whole body fit together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love that verse. Healthy, growing and full of love. So you guys know this, right? We're all called, we're called the body of Christ. That's the word given to the church. And it's interesting, that term, body of Christ. So just like the body, and there's a scripture about this too, like we need a nose and we need a hand. They do completely different things. They don't do the same thing. They need both. And that's the thing sometimes is that we think, oh, I'm just a hand here. But I'm telling you, if you're just a hand, how sad that you would miss smelling delicious baked goods in the morning. Come on, you need all of it, you know. But then you need the hand to get the baked good and put it in your mouth. See, you need both here. My analogies will often have something to do with baked goods, full disclosure, full disclosure. We need each other so we can all progress in the way that he has purpose for us, our Father in heaven. There is just something so special about when we come together and bring out the best in each other. That's what I loved so much about Cherish Unplugged last night. I saw a body of women bringing their giftings and helping each other. You know, some people know how to prophesy. Other people know how to intercede. Other people's are great gatherers and we're bringing their friends. But I'm telling you, that was the perfect ingredients for God to bring about what he purposed, which is the Great Commission. We need each other. It is not a weakness to need each other. It's actually how God designed it to be. Amen? That's good, Emma. I'm amening myself here. All right. Fourth reason, it stops the devil taking ground. Being here on a Sunday, it stops the devil taking ground. Matthew 16, verse 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It is the church that stops the devil advancing. I'm telling you, when we are sowing in hope, when we are sowing in truth, and it's harvesting in people's hearts, that is the way that the devil is defeated. It says he roams around looking for who he can devour. The church is a covering for people, so they're not out on their own. You guys have seen Lion King. Come on, that's a very biblical movie. You see when Simba separated from his pack, how easy it was for him to, to fall into danger. Same for the church. When we join together, when we, when we come together, I'm telling you, the gates of hell cannot prevail. It's very very hard to pick someone off that's surrounded by a company of believers that have got them to their right and their left. Thank you, Gladys. Thank you, Gladys. 
fifth reason, if you just needed one more convincing, because God says it's important in his word. The church is important because God literally says that in his word. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and doing good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, as some are in the habit of doing. I'm just going to let that sit there. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So my first point of this five points, but I'm making one statement. Church is important. It shows the world who he is. It's how we make disciples and fulfill the Great Commission. It's because we need each other. It stops the devil taking ground and because God says it's important. All right, so we get that. Church is important. Thumbs up if you get that. All right, I love that. All right, we've got a lot of ground to carry in this next uh, nine minutes. We can do it. Okay, so is knowing why something important, is that enough? I would say no, because even four years ago when I realized I had fallen into a state of spiritual apathy where church was way more a supplement than it was part of my diet, I would say this, I always understood what the Word of God said, but it didn't change my actions or how I held it in my heart. So here's, here's a good analogy, I think. Um, exercise. And I'm going to try and talk on exercise, and you're not allowed to judge me and be like, she doesn't look like she exercises. You know what? I do sometimes, okay? No judging me. But let's think about exercise for a minute. Like, I think every adult knows it's important to exercise, okay? We're not silly. We know it's important to exercise. But just because we know it's important, come on, let's be honest, doesn't always mean that we do it. Same for exercise, same for the church. So, look, I have quite a checkered history of working out, okay? I could go into many stories. Let's just give you this highlight. Once I had to be rescued by three people, not one, three different gym workers because I got myself caught in a Pilates reformer machine. If anyone doesn't know what that is, don't, like, just know, it's painful. I literally got my clothes stuck in the springs and they couldn't get me out. They were considering bringing scissors to cut it out. It was very dramatic, okay? Anyway, his mercies are new every day. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so let's, uh, let's think about, how, so what we're talking about is how we shift now we understand why church is important. Let's talk about even some of the things that I changed in my heart to shift to getting some FOMO when it comes to church on a Sunday. Number one, I made a commitment to be here. I actually began to get intentional again about being in the house of God. So anyone knows, anyone that's done a New Year's resolution about working out, knows there's something that happens in you like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And the thing that comes about when you're intentional is you begin to really make space in your world for that to happen. So when I'm like, yes, I'm going to be intentional about working out, I sit down, I look at my calendar and I'm like, I'm working out here, here and here. I'm saying no to this so I can say yes to this. Same for exercise, same for church. I would just throw this out. This is going to help some people. Listen, if you really understand why church is important, then I ask you the question, are you intentional about being here? There is not much that would stop me being in church on a Sunday. I get there's things that happen and there's kids' sports games and vacations. All of that is really good. But I would say as a general rule, most of the year you should be here on a Sunday. There should be something in you that knows you're missing out by not being here. So maybe today this is, a, this is the bit of the message for you. Maybe it's time to really surrender to the fact that you are called to be here. Maybe it's time to prioritize what happens on a Sunday and decide right now, you know what, I'm going to go from being a once a month Christian to being controversial, a four times a month Christian. <laughs> Woo, I know, getting crazy. This is what happens when we're here. James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he draws near to you. 
I'm telling you, when you move towards God, when you make space, when you get expectant, when you position yourself to receive something from God, He meets you where you're at. The best thing that I've ever done in my life is I learnt the ministry of thereness. I have not done anything that special. Honestly, I haven't fasted for 14 weeks. I haven't, you know, written 17 books. But what I did is I made a decision to be in church every Sunday. And it's amazing how that seed produced the harvest that I have now. It seemed like a small seed. It isn't a small seed. Being there, God can do a lot with just the fact that you are here in church today. All right, second of all, I think it's time to shift from being here because you have to from being here because you get to be here. And can I tell you, that's even something as simple as changing your language. You'll notice a lot of San Diego girls or people never say this, I have to do anything. Literally, it's weird when I hear someone say that. We're all like, I get to serve in this way. I get to be here. I get to do this. There is something so powerful even about that declaration. We aren't here because we, we have to. We're here because we get to partner with God in this incredible thing called the house of God. So can you free yourself from religious guilt. So many reasons that people are here is because they think it's a religious obligation. When you let that go, you can actually just be here because you want to be here. It's a good thing. Can we just want to be here this morning? Love it. Okay, number three. Um, you need to move, I think, from liking church to loving it. Okay, church was not meant to be fine. It's meant to be fun. Okay, just referencing Justin Timberlake one more time. I was so pumped about being there because I knew it would be such a fun night. Wherever there's fun, whenever you get an invitation and you know there's a lot of fun attached to it, it's so easy to say yes to that invitation. So ask yourself the question, is church a fun place for you? If the answer is eh, good, yes, come on, someone loves fun over there. If the answer is eh, it's time to turn your fun gauge up, church, come on. I can say this with all genuineness. Church is the funnest place I hang out during the week. Come on, it is ridiculous. South Campus, we have like piñatas every two seconds. There's burritos. There's random dancing. There's worshipping God. I'm telling you, church is a fun place to be. So if you're here and you might be doing something that seems, you know, not very fun, like, hey, I serve on the production team. Come on, give it up for our incredible production team. They're amazing. Have fun while you're doing it. Come on, anything we can do. If you do it with the right attitude of enjoying it, it's going to make church feel a whole lot more fun coming to. Psalm 122 verse 1 says this, And I was glad, everyone say glad, <laughs> when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on, hang it. You know when you work out, it's so much more fun doing it with other people. Like it's kind of lame. I know it's just me. My husband's a bit weird. He's like one of those solo working out people. I think that's creepy and weird. Feel free to tell him that on me. Me, I'm like, let's all work out together because that sounds really fun. You know, and it's fun when we're doing this Christianity together. Come on, it shouldn't be like hanging out with your brothers and sisters at Christmas is fun because everyone's joking and laughing. That's what it should feel like on a Sunday. Come on, if church isn't fun for you, it's time to give yourself permission to just have some fun. High team, here's an idea for you. You know what I do in high, when I was serving on high team? I did tunnels as people came in. <laughs> you cannot walk through a tunnel and not have fun, especially if you shimmy under it. That's for free, high team. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, number four. And I said it before. One thing about working out that makes you want to keep doing it is when you see results. There is nothing worse than you know, literally sweating your butt off and you don't see anything for that. 
But when you see results, it's not hard to go back to the gym the next day. You know, same for working out, same for church. This here is not a house of information. It's a house of transformation. You should see the results of church in your life. If you don't, I would hesitate to say that you're not doing church right. Because you should be in here changing. You should feel the, the, the difference in your body, in your spirit, if you're really picking up what's been put down here every Sunday. Come on, you can't lift weights and not have some muscles to show for it. Same thing, you can't pick up the truths of the Word of God and be you know, carrying them in the heart and not have yourself looking more buff like Pastor Vince so eloquently showed us early on. So what is church for you? Is church for you just a place where you receive information? where you receive theology? Or is the house of God a place for you where you receive transformation? I'm telling you, God didn't set this up. This isn't his big rescue plan for humanity where we're just going to educate and get information to a bunch of people. You can use Google for that. No, this is the house of transformation. Come on, my story is I was transformed in the house of God. I want that to be your story too. Not only your story, I want it to be the story of people around you that you bring into the house of God. Point number five, when you get results, it's so fun seeing other people around you get the same results. There is nothing more motivating when you have somebody that you know that, you know, maybe they're on a fitness journey and you see them like actually love going to the gym and you know, you've got like a, like a real thing. I worked out with a mum who was feeling really bad. She's had a baby. I think she just wasn't feeling very comfortable in her own skin. She started coming to the gym and you could tell she was walking different. Her, she was pumped on life. She wanted to go out more. There is something so awesome about watching the people in your world get results. Again, same for church as it is with exercise. Church just isn't about us. It isn't just about us as individuals. It's about all of us. We're a body. Just like it's not all about the hand, it's about the whole body. John 4 verse 39 talks about this beautiful story about a, a woman who was talking with Jesus and Jesus said a whole bunch of stuff to her that really like blessed her heart. And it says uh, in, in this verse, it says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because, believed in Jesus because of that woman's testimony. He told me everything I did, the woman said. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed with them two days. And because of this, his words, because of his words, many more became believers. So my point number five is, is when was the last time you were telling people about the results of what church is doing in your life? Like as we kind of like bring this message to a close, I didn't want to get up here and sort of tell you people, invite people to church, invite people to church. I just think if you can really grab what was spoken today, if you can really understand why church is, and you can understand that I'm missing out if I'm not here, inviting people to church is going to be easy because you're going to have results in your life. And what good friend doesn't want their friends around them to have the same results that they did? You know, uh, again, Justin Timberlake concert is really coming in clutch for this uh, analogy here. But it turned out that I had like two free tickets to that concert. I know, sorry, I didn't invite you. It was a long way away. But uh, do you think that I just went, oh, well, two free tickets, whatever. I'll just let them go to waste. Oh, heck no. Of course I gave them to people around me because I knew how awesome it was going to be. But that's kind of like all of us every Sunday. How many people have a spare chair beside them? Okay. You have a spare ticket. Like, are you giving it to the people around you? Because if you really believe that this is a house of transformation, not a house of information, you're not going to let that invitation go to waste. Come on, you're going to position the person you love, your coworker, your family member. You're going to position them to be in a place where they can be transformed by the power of God. Come on, church is not a spectator sport. 
It's a participation sport. It is the great commission. It is not Becca and Vince's job to grow this church. It's all of our jobs to grow the church. Come on, this is the great commission. We are all stakeholders in this thing called church. There is people you can reach that these guys never could. And that's the way it's meant to be. Come on, all of us working together is actually how we become a 24-hour witness, how we grow this church. Come on, how many people would love to see this campus grow? How many people would love to see you go to two services, three services? Is it about just saying, hey, we're awesome, we have three services? No, it's about saying, hey, we are revealing Jesus to our community that so desperately needs him.